Welcome everyone to KSQD Santa Cruz at 90.7 FM. I'm Jacob Sheckman, and you're listening to our show, What to Be, where we interview inspiring people and highlight their careers. What to Be is a program provided by Your Future is Our Business, a Santa Cruz County nonprofit dedicated to helping students explore careers through programs such as college and career expos, career panels, and other work-based learning activities. Please note the views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or Your Future is Our Business. The information provided during this program does not reflect this career in its entirety. And today, I'm, I would like to say I'm joined by, but I think I'm, I'm actually joining Tom Amrine. Thanks for being here, Tom. Thank you. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Tom is here to talk to me today about his career as the Vice President of Nature Ripe Berry Growers, and he's also the General Manager at Elkhorn Berry Farms. So just to start off, I guess, clarify a little bit about what what is what's the difference actually between these two companies that you're you're with? Are they separate companies? Right. Well, it's this is these are obviously agricultural operations, and one's a farming company, and one's a uh, a grower shipper or a company that markets and sells the products. And um, so I'm in, involved in both of them, um, but it's one you know fa- one family of business and. Um, my history goes back there, you know, 40 years ago when I started farming and I was a grower for, for Nature Ripe, which was a co-op, farmer's co-op. And uh, so I had my farming operation and was on the board of directors and all that of Nature Ripe Berry Growers. And then Nature Ripe Berry Growers, the co-op, as the times changed in, in different things in the economy and the structure of the food chain in the United States and tax laws and everything, it became a corporation. So we turned ourselves into a corporation. And so we were no longer co-op members and we were, we were uh, you know, shareholders of a corporation. And I happened to be in a position where I became a, a vice president of that, of that corporation. And then at the same time, my own farming business transitioned into a a larger, you know, as it grew from a family farming operation, it transitioned into a corporate uh, operation that, that Elkhorn Berry Farm, uh, you know, became a corporate entity within the, the larger umbrella. So it's kind of the way farming has changed in the last 40 years, and it's pretty consistent with what happened to a lot of farms. So, and you said that uh, you started with Nature Right 40 years ago. Yeah. Were, were, what was your farming experience before getting to Nature Right? Well, I had just gotten out of college but that basically all I ever did was work around farming you know I had the the practical you know it's what I wanted to do and so I'd worked in the, around on farms here in the valley which was more common you know you go back you know 40 or 45 years ago here in the valley um, in the Pajaro Valley if you know if you could drive a vehicle then you could get to work and even at pretty young age right I mean 14 or 15 you're operating equipment and you know I was operating you know heavy equipment at 16 years old you know like that was when we started on stuff like that so let's keep, keep going further back then what what was your how did you get into farm were your parents farmers no then? no my art so my family was not my dad was not in my parents were not in farming um but my dad came from a farming family but he was uh you know that's getting back in time to where he got caught up in uh, world war ii you know and in, in the whole event which you know um and they were in the Midwest, and of course, then he got out in the Pacific and uh, in the Navy, and then came back and went came back to California. Never went back to the farm in Indiana, and then was able to get the GI Bill, became a lawyer, and stayed in Watsonville. Um, so he really never left the West Coast, but he always wanted to be a farmer. And then, and then there was family, there was farming in the family, so that was all part of the part of your introduction yeah, into it. Yeah. Okay, and so you got into Nature Ripe just out of just after college. 
Yes. Okay. Where did you go to school? So I, well, I went to college. I went to Cal Poly. I did two years at, at, I didn't want to go to four-year school. I just wanted to go farm. So I did two years at Hartnell and got a um, degree in uh, ag mechanics and a degree in crop science, or what they call them AA degrees, right? I got these two certificates, you know, and then, uh, then I was working on a ranch down in the Salinas Valley. It was a pretty rough, that was a pretty tough winter. And it was very, it was just miserable cold. And I was living in this like a line shack out on this ranch. And it was, it was crazy, right? And What's the work that you're doing at this time? That time it was, uh, it was an operation that had uh, sugar beets and carrots and field crops. You know, it was, it was, uh, you know, big acreage down there, but it, it was, it was kind of a miserable winter. And then one of my buddies I went to Cal Poly with, he, he, I mean, went to Hartnell with, he didn't want to go to Cal Poly and his family was pushing him too. We said, eh, well, we'll go down there. We'll try it for, we'll try it for a quarter, you know, which is like three months because you're on a quarter system, you know, so, okay, we'll go down. And then we tried it and then we kept trying it and then we got done. You know, we just, yeah. it was like just, so I was only there six quarters. I mean, I was in and out. So you start, you, you started at Hartnell and eventually went to Cal Poly. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay. But Hartnell covered a lot of the ground for it. So I, was, I wasn't at Cal Poly too long. I didn't, you know, didn't take a long time yeah. to get the four-year degree from them. Right. In farm management, which they don't even have that degree anymore. There's no such thing as a farm management degree. It's, it's uh, just at Cal Poly or? At anywhere. Yeah. It's all moved on to it. It's got fancy names now. I, I don't know what it is. It's agricultural uh, resource management or something, you know. Or yeah. Agricultural business management. But the idea of a of a, a four-year degree that was for people that were going to go back to a family farming operation, you know, that was that common. That, that was very common then. I mean, their oh, whole yeah. system, you know, their education was based around that, but it's changed a lot since then because there's a family farms are different. Um, I always tell people I got a degree in farm management and we never took accrual accounting. It was all cash-based accounting, you know, and which people don't even know what that is anymore. But all the family farms were on cash cash basis, right? So, so something as fundamental as a double entry accounting system really wasn't something that that we even learned to really. Well, I have no idea what that is. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably get in the weeds a little bit, but just just an example of farming was still family, small family operations. You know, a, a father a son together, maybe or a brother. The brothers would take it over and they'd farm. Uh, it was hands on, you know. At that time, we you know, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't, there was no internet. Growers, there wasn't computers. There was not computers out on the farms. We didn't well, they didn't have um, personal computers yet. You know, in that time, uh, they were just starting to come on board. You know, and I as soon as I got out, I got one. I had an old because I, I was all for the technology, but um, it was still all paper. You know, everything was done on paper. All the calculations. I, I show. I go to Cal Poly back there every once in a while. They ask me to come down and talk to a, like a senior class, and I'll bring my notebooks. You know, and everything is all written in all. Everything's written in, in by hand. All the graphing. Um, you know, all your. We didn't. We didn't even hardly use calculators. Uh, <laughs> you had to be all calculate and show your calculations and everything. So, don't did you bring an abacus with you too? Yeah, or? it's about it's about the way it was. Yeah. <laughs> So you talked about when you started with the Nature Ripe berry growers that it was a co-op first. Right. What exactly does it mean for it to be a, a co-op farming operation? Yeah, so co-ops were prevalent in the ag industry uh, because growers had a real hard time back in the going back in history, like in the early 1900s, late 1800s, because of the railroads. The uh, railroads were picking them clean because everything was transported by railroad, and some little small grower out here somewhere trying to ship something on the railroad. You know, it was it was it was a mess, and also the banks they couldn't get financing. So then, federal government set up 
uh, allowed for co-ops, uh, which was where you, you would be a cooperative organization and you wouldn't get hung up on the antitrust laws. People could could band together and set prices and, and do uh, cooperative uh, bidding for things like transportation and that sort of thing. So that's what the co-ops do. So they provided the service of consolidating all the growers in, in like they were purchasing agents for supplies. Um, they could get uh, financing, like blocks of financing, like from the federal government and then uh, operate as a bank. They could do that. And, um, so it was for the old days of small independent family farms. It was a way for them to get together and market. And did did NatureRipe exist before you got there? Oh yeah, and so NatureRipe started in 1917. Okay, wow. So a lot of you know the Farm Bureau in the county here started in 1917. So that was kind of the the head of the peak of of, of the co-op era was when it was really getting started, and and then it grew after that. You know, and so California really. Uh, you know, there's uh, Sunsweet, um, Sunkissed. Those are co. Well, Sunkissed is still a co-op. Um, Some sweet, I'm not sure if that's still a co-op. But uh, Calavo was a the big avocado group. That was a, mm-hmm. a co-op. They're not anymore. Most of the co-ops, due to the conditions in the in the business and industry of um, in consolidation of the farms, they've turned into corporations owned by the growers. But um, in some cases, they have outside shareholders as well now. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, it, the ownership didn't necessarily change. It was more like on on paper, yeah, it was a case, different. Yeah, the ownership didn't change. But co-ops can't retain earnings. That's the problem with the co-ops. So gotcha. co-op has to return all the money back to the, to the members every year. Uh, so it's very difficult for co-ops to capitalize a business because they don't hold capital. Um, and that's... And people that if they go to REI, that's a co-op, right? You get a little, you get yeah. a little divid, co-op dividend from like REI every year, right? If you buy anything there, at the, oh, yeah. So okay. that's a that's a co-op as well, and so um, it doesn't retain profits and earnings. It it returns, it tries to return everything back to uh-huh. the to the uh, mem- members, right? Like a member, not an owner, but a member. Yeah. And so um, you you get out of college, you you. Show up at Nature Ripe. What is your position when you start with Nature Ripe? Well, what happened was I got out of college. I decided I wanted to farm. I was going to farm. And it was what to farm. And I kind of had some ideas on that. And I decided that the best bet was strawberries. And I, so I, I could have done some other things, but okay, so I'm going to do strawberries. And then the question was what's the best way to get a strawberry crop marketed? There were some options. And then there was a family connection. And I guess it kind of goes to you talk about careers and business and how things work. Uh, there was a family connection in that my my father had hired a uh, young Japanese American out of law school in the early '60s, right? Which was very unusual, right? There wasn't any in in California and after the war and the internment and everything that happened with the Japanese Americans, and there wasn't very there were very few of them, let's say, in law and those sort of things. So this young guy came up from a Japanese-American farming family in Watsonville, and he became a lawyer. He goes to work for my dad. Well, then, after that, you know, there was a lot of trust between the families, and they were a big family at Naturite. They were big growers, right? So they were a big, oper- they were a big part of the Naturite co-op. And so they sponsored me into the co-op. You used to have, have a sponsor. You'd have to find one of the owner, one of the member families would have to say, okay, this person's okay. We should let him in, you know, in the clubs. Yeah. Sure. So that's how I got into Natrite. So I was just a grower. Okay. I wasn't, we didn't have like corporate offices or any officers or anything like that. So I was just a grower and was on the board, of, got elected to the board of directors and, and did all that for, for many years. After how long of being a grower? Uh, I don't know. I was pretty young when I got on the board, 
yeah, I was pretty young when I got on the board. I don't remember how old. It wasn't too many years after that. Okay, so let's let's fast forward now to to today, where again you're you're vice president at Nature Ripe and general manager for Elkhorn Berry Farms. So, what are your how would you describe your responsibilities today? What, what's your your role within these two positions? So, so it's two completely different things, right? Because one is a farming company, one's a, one is a um, really a product procurement company, and we, and now we don't even we don't even have a sales company within Nature Right Berry Growers Inc. Nature Right Berry Growers Inc. owns another company called Nature Right Farms, and that's the sales and marketing company now. But the Nature Right Berry Growers Inc. is a company that. Um, so what we do is we provide the the product handling after it's harvested until the time it's lo- until the time the product's loaded on a reefer truck and being sent to market. Mm-hmm. So that's all the food safety work, which is a huge, tremendous, big department. Is all the all the food safety, making sure all the supply, all the growers that are growing for the label, the name, right? Nature Ripe. Everything's done according to the law for food safety and all that. Um, and then there's all of the um, crop forecasting um, decisions about, you know, what varieties to plant, what to plant, when to plant, how much to plant. You know, if there's new growers that want to come in, you know, do we, you know, do we want these growers or that grower? Or should they have this many acres? Or are we going to let them do this many acres? What do we need? Um, so there's that aspect of it. And then there's all of the cooling operations. So this whole all the cold chain management is within Nature Right Berry Growers Inc. So cold chain cold management. chain management. So that's when the berry is harvested, it immediately has to be cooled down. Otherwise, there's no shelf life, right? So you cool it down. So you have all these. Get it into the cooler. You're running in the big coolers. Which, if you're around Watsonville or down there on on the industrial side of town or Salinas and where the where these big coolers are, you see all the reefer trucks in Watsonville with uh-huh. the they have the the refrigerated trucks. So we have to cool the berries, um, packaging procurement, all the all the packaging. We have to do all that. We get all the packaging. So there's that's what Nature Ripe Berry Growers Inc. does, and and then we own this other company in conjunction with others that's actually marketing. So like the guys that are actually, you know, talking to let's say you know it's Costco every day. They are, they actually work for uh, uh, Nature Ripe Farms. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, so I'm at Nature Right Berry Growers Inc. and as a VP. So that it was mostly operational stuff. That was what I was was working was handling. Was things like the, the grower relations, uh, the, the crop projections, the crop forecasting, uh, plant procurement, the nurseries, all of the nursery stock that has to come in, that sort of thing. And then I did seven or eight years. I spent setting up operations in Mexico because we expanded and actually had growers come into our deal in central Mexico. So I was down in Michoacan and uh, Guanajuato, Jalisco. I spent uh, years down there working on that at the same time, having this farming operation up here. So I did both, but that's a winter deal. So um, I spent a lot of time down there and I'd already had experience doing business in Mexico from before uh, with cut flowers and some different things and was, you know, fluent in Spanish and all that and knew my way around Mexico already, central Mexico. And so, well, we did Baja as well. I did, I did three years of stuff in Baja as well. So I'm, I'm, you know, I've been all over every nook and cranny in Mexico working on berries over the years. Yeah.
For those who are just tuning in, you're listening to What to Be at KSQD 90.7 FM in Santa Cruz. I'm Jacob Sheckman, and today we're speaking with Tom Amrhein and learning about his career journey to becoming the Vice President of Nature Ripe Berry Growers and the General Manager at Elkhorn Berry Farms. Can you talk about some of the the interactions that you might have on any given day? Uh, if you... Do you go to an office? Do you well, keep I mean, like I what office? I don't I actually have two offices, um, like a corporate mm-hmm. office and then a uh, a farm office, and they're in two different two different locate. One you know one's in the farm where the farm is here, and then the corporate office is in Salinas, and that's a different different building and different. When I'm down there, I'm doing uh-huh. that, and when I'm over here, I'm doing the other. But typical day, well, they're not really typical, but. Uh, you know, yesterday, I mean, at, at six o'clock in the morning, I get a phone call. All of the scanners are down. We can't, we can't upload the pay. The pay- payroll scanners for the crews are not. They won't start. They won't start up. So you got five hundred people out there, however many hundreds of people out there, standing around ready to go to work and harvest, and the payroll system's crashed, and we can't get it to boot up. And in that, you know, so there's this mad scramble to get out paper and start doing it on paper until we could get that going. You know, so that that happened yesterday, and then. You know, we're dealing with COVID. So I took, I had, uh, I spent probably a couple hours yesterday working on the COVID deal. COVID, talking to other industry, you know, people in the industry. I had a, a town hall meeting with a, a one of the supervisors in the county. And I was, you know, I was on that for an hour um, talking about agriculture's response to COVID. Uh, what else happened yesterday? Um, you know, I sold sold a couple used tractors that we had that we didn't need, you know, dealt with that. And it's just a real, it's just everything, you know, uh, just, just uh, all kinds of stuff goes on. Um, you know, looking at quality, talking to the pesticide guys and the fertilizer guys and th- those sort of things and uh-huh. planning the week, you know, planning what's going to happen here because of this heat. See, he got real hot. Right? Yeah. So you have to think about that. You have to think about you know, how long is the crew going to be able to work today before the heat the rules about, not working when it's too hot, you know, and, and do we have enough people? And what's the, what's your planning process like? Like, did you, were you checking the weather a few days ago, trying to get oh, yeah, ahead? And, checking the weather all the time. Yeah. What else are you, what else are you doing to, to get ready for a week? Well, the main thing you're always doing is you're always checking the weather. Uh-huh. And then the other thing you're always looking at is, is labor supply, right? You know, how many people should we have? How many do we have? How many people are showing up to get to work or asking for work? Uh, right now, I spend a lot of time on COVID. You know, is there anybody sick? Uh, does anybody know anybody that's sick? Where are we at on that? You know, are the people wearing it face masks? Are they social distancing out in the field? That, that kind of thing. There's, there's always that. Has Nature Right been able to procure any any test kits or anything? Is that an option? No, no, that's not. You no, know, it's 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 a pretty complex setup of, of how it's being managed, and it's being managed under a. CDC order. Mm-hmm. It's it's very systematic <clears throat> what you do and when you do it and and those sorts of things. But yeah, we don't do uh, any any like on farm testing or anything like that. Yeah, and then there's all of the con- confidentiality for health records, right? So yeah, oh, wow. So there's a whole. It's very complex, <clears throat> but you know we're working through it, and there's very little problem with it. Um, they really don't see any transmission of disease in like an open field crew. It's not being transmitted outside. Yeah. So, okay, so the tasks that you've gone over in the last five minutes, which extensive to say the least, is that just more so for your position as VP or is that? That was just a farm. 
that's just farm. Oh, that so that's yeah, just, just for SGM. That's just on the general. Yeah, that would be okay. just the farm side. The the others, the, the more corporate will say, like you say, VP, what's a VP do? Well, that would be more like doing the round table with the uh, supervisor. Right? Okay. You, industry representation, you could say that. Um, yeah, I was working on some land leases you know, uh-huh. that f- for other areas in the company. I was doing that yesterday, working with some landlords on some stuff, you know, that wouldn't pertain to the farm, but would more apply to the company mm-hmm. as a whole, those kind of things. Um, in, in, and there's uh, looking at some of the, the uh, pest and disease trends across the state, what's happening up in the nurseries, tracking that. That's kind of the more corporate side of it, you know, those kind of things. Um, yeah, so we, we do all that. And then, um, it, and then you've got, of course, you've got all the financial side of it, right? You have to be watching your costs and costs per unit and, you know, all that kind of stuff that goes on, financial statement side of it, too. Yeah, so you are literally all over the place yeah it's it is it's a you're uh, you're in every aspect of it you know and and uh um the only thing i don't do anymore is basically drive a tractor you know? yeah but uh do you miss driving the tractor um yeah i mean i do i still get i still have to keep a little bit in the around the house that i can fill around with but just to say i do it but um you know the really the the big farming you know everything now is an expertise right so even those guys i can't the larger tractors now with all the technology and I can't drive them. I don't know mm-hmm. how to drive them, you know, and I used wow, to do all my own, yeah, I used to do all my own tillage work. Right. You know, I would did a lot of, I mean, I started out operating equipment, right. But uh-huh. by the time I got the operation got large enough and I got more as a management, even when I was an owner, you know, I don't have time to learn how to drive those things. You know, yeah. The, the younger guys love it. So put them on there and let them go. I'm jealous, but <laughs> <laughs> So I wanted to ask, go back to ask about your decision making when it came to college. How at first you you said you you didn't want to go to four year, but you did say that it was more common at that time for someone to go to a four year and then go into farming. Uh, no, no, okay. no. Um, well, I guess a better way to say it is I wanted I wanted to farm. It wasn't right. that I didn't want to go to school? I wanted to farm, and I didn't. School was like a waste of time at that yeah. point. You know, you kind of had. I just I'm just going to go farm. Um, no, they um the, the particularly the the well-established family farms in California, the, those kids, mostly all of them went to college because that's the only time they'd get off the farm. Gotcha. Basically, I mean, they, it was a joke about it, but you kind of went kind of went to Cal Poly to get married, you know, <laughs> because you were going to go back to, you know, Brawley or Porterville or, you know, Siskiyou County or something, and you weren't leaving. Yeah. You, know, you weren't leaving, you know, and that's where you spent the rest of your life, you know, and that's different now. It's mm-hmm. all changed. It's a lot more fluid and whatnot in the industry mm-hmm. now so you you and you you first went to hartnell and you were reluctant you and your friend to yeah. go to cal poly yeah. but what, what was it again that ultimately pushed you guys to say we'll, well go just go for a quarter yeah it's just you know between family pressure and yeah. and other friends were going and eh, okay you know well let's go see you know and then and that was the thing it didn't it seemed like it because it wasn't working if you weren't if you weren't like physically working you were lazy right you know so school was kind of like eh, eh, it's kind of it was like not working. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so can you, from from my perspective, I feel like it's you. You went to Cal Poly with a slight reluctance, yeah. but then you just stuck it out. You so yeah. 
how what you had to there was something that you had to push yourself to get through this because you didn't did you well, like well, it? Well, once I got there, I liked it. Okay. And, and okay. actually, I believe if you look back, I think I had the top GPA in the in the whole school of ag when I graduated. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like top of the class when I graduated. But that being competitive, well, yeah, because then I was going to work, right? So okay. Just, so that's what it was. When you showed up, you said, yeah. okay, well, here's here's the work now, yeah, and I'm going to do it well. Yeah. And yeah. And I just pounded. I just, and I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to get it done. I'm going to get it done right. And then yeah. I'm going, and I'm out. You know. So, so what what helped you? Do you think? What do you think helped you build that mentality of of this 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 work ethic that you? Mm, I, yeah. I, I've known you for a yeah, long time, yeah, yeah. and you've always had this, this obviously <laughs> yeah. incredible work ethic. That's so, just yeah, that's probably well, I suppose probably some of it's genetic. Uh huh. You know, some of it's probably not healthy. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, to be like too much. Uh, some of it's cultural. Yeah. Uh, that's just the way, that's just what you're expected to do, you know, in, in our family and, you know, their history and where they came from and, and, you know, they're Germanic, you know, and that, you know, it was all about work, right? You worked, um, and, and you had skill sets too. You know, that was the other thing to be able to, you had to be able to do things, um, which meant like, you know, you needed to be able to fix a car, right? You know, you, you didn't want to like, yeah, you it was like you failed if you had to take your car to a mechanic, right? You, know, you should be able to fix it yourself. You know, it probably made it worse, right? But those kind of things, that's how it was. That's how I was raised, right? Yeah. You know, and that's how the family was. You did, you did everything. You, you learned to do it yourself. You didn't depend on others to do it for you. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you shouldn't pay somebody to do it, right? Yeah. That was like, no, you know, that's, you, you, that was right. You know, you shouldn't have to pay somebody to, like, fix your car. You right. Know? If it's something you can do yourself, yeah. why pay for it? Yeah. 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 That, but that's old school. That, uh-huh, that's sure. old school. And that's all changed, you know, now, you know, and I don't even abide by that because, you know, you, you, you know, let's, you let, you know, it's good to let other people work too, right? Uh-huh. In other words, that's fine. Something needs to be fixed. I'm Pay the man to fix it because yeah. he's got to make a living too, right? Yeah. You know, I can do something else with that time, you know? Yeah. So. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Was there anything that, uh, was surprising. Maybe, maybe when you showed up to Hartnell or Cal Poly, or when you started at at the Nature Ride Co-op. Yeah. Well, I suppose you know if you if you get into the whole career thing or career uh, pathway or whatever life pathway, I would say you know yeah. the the I think the main thing is you know there's certainly been it's these transitions we'll say or through my you know through this time right? mm-hmm. and. And very abrupt, right? I mean, and you know, there's been some financial disasters, and and then you didn't know what was next, right? It's just, oh man, now your back's to the wall. What's going to happen, you know? And then it, and I would say, never, it never turned out for the worst. Always turned out for the best. I never had like a catastrophic event that right. didn't, even though it meant I had to make, you know, just the idea that I moved from a independent family farming to move from an independent family farmer to a corporate structure i mean that in and of itself was like huge right it's gigantic that's almost uh heretical you know it was like you know you kind of break in with your own like rules you know because it's kind of the corporate it's not good you know you know i'm i'm a family farmer you know so but you know you make those decisions and then different things you know and things work out yeah yeah you can't be afraid to take the leap you know did any of that at any point feel overwhelming yeah sure of course yeah Yeah. i mean overwhelming eh, maybe not that experience I, specifically yeah, but well i wouldn't say any of it's you can be overwhelmed by circumstance right sure sure like the flower business 
you know, we, we were overwhelmed and basically between it, two things that just really destroyed it was our bill. That was a great business too, but, uh, NAFTA, the NAFTA treaty, the free trade treaty, and then nine 11 wow. between those two events. And we were done. And it had to do with, uh, changes in the economy of, uh, and, and, and the importation of flowers. And then it had to do with that at that time when the, when the, um, the lockdown of the transportation system and everything that happened after that and and the beginning of the uh that's really after that just at that time and after was when the whole amazon type thing was starting to get going and the e-trade and all that and uh you know that really we really got whacked hard on that deal so yeah i could see you'd be overwhelmed with events but then it was like okay this ain't working <laughs> what do we do now and yeah and we can you know, worry about it and then drown, or we can make a decision to start yeah. swimming, you know, and, and figure it out. And you just do it little by little, you know. I mean, you just have to do it. You just do what you have to do. Yeah. You know, and just keep plugging away till you get it, you know. So that's how it's been. Yeah. Well, a lot of times it's just that, you know, it's just, you just do today what you can do. You can't worry about the rest, you know. <laughs> Excellent advice. All right, Tom. Thanks for talking to me today. I really appreciate it. All right. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's career story. I'm Jacob Sheckman, and this is our show, What to Be, with today's guest, Tom Amrahine, the vice president at Nature Ripe Berry Growers, Inc., and the general manager of Elkhorn Berry Farms. If you have any questions or would like to share your career story with us, send us an email at whattoberadio at gmail.com. If you enjoyed our show, please join us again at 90.7 FM K-Squid Santa Cruz at 7 p.m. on Sundays, stream online at ksqd.org, or visit our website, yfiob.org, for more ways to listen. Thank you, and see you next time.